That was wonderful worship. Just welcome you here today. And Lord, I just thank you for your extravagant love and what you did for us on the cross. Lord, you're so faithful. You want so much for us, Lord. And Lord, I, during the song Yahweh, it touched my heart because I just heard the shofar, the, the ram's horn. And Lord, you sound that over our lives every single day. In triumph, Lord, in the call to battle. So Lord, we just give you all honor, glory, and praise. And we ask you to come and be seated as a th in the throne of authority in our lives, Lord. Lord we just thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> so, just to preface everything, I fell today before coming in. I landed on the shoulder that I had injections in the other day. And I got up and I said, oh no, you're not going to have this day. And I came in, it was hard to drive in, and I stood up here and Marilyn laid hands on me. I almost went down. And so I couldn't even hardly move my shoulder when I first got in the car and I was driving in. I thought, how am I going to come and praise and worship? Because I have to be kinetic. But there's a shoulder. And it, it, you know, it's a little bit achy, but let me tell you, I fell on it and I fell hard. So praise God. So pastor asked me to do the transition today. And <clears throat> the Lord's really been speaking to me about our families. And I think in this season that we're in, I'm just anticipating suddenlies and expect the unexpected. And I really believe we're in a uh, time of him increasing our faith. So it's impacted on me about standing together united and, and praying for one another and praying for our families. A lot of people are being going through a lot of experiences right now, really being attacked and where the enemy wants to bring in despair and fear and anxiety. I was um, talking to the Lord the other day, and all of a sudden, he gave me this word, Zaza. I'm like, okay, Lord. Now, funny thing is, I'm, I'm going to do a sidebar for a minute, because Connie asked me to do this. We were talking about uh, speaking in tongues and prayer language in, in our uh, prophetic class the other night, and Connie said, you need to get up and tell them. I saw people around me as I came back to the Lord, um, speaking in prayer language, speaking in tongues. And I thought, where is that for me, Lord? I prayed, prayed about it, prayed for it. And, and I even had some people say to me, well, you know what? You're really not saved if you can't pray in, in tongues. And you need the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Well, I went through that with baptism of the Holy Spirit. And I was like, anticipating tongues. But you know what I found? when it came upon me, when I ran out of everything in my flesh and in my spirit to pray to the Lord, and all of a sudden, there it was. Well, I realized all along, when the Lord speaks to me, a lot of times he speaks to me in other languages. And I think he does that so that I know that it's him, because I don't come up with it. So anyway, so he gave me Zaza. And I'm going, okay, what is that? So I immediately Googled it because that's what I need to do. And um, you can give it to me. 
I need my glasses out of my purse, Marilyn. I forgot my glasses. They're right there. Thank you. So Zaza didn't really mean anything to me. So when I Googled it, some of the definitions I got meaning it means belonging to all or plenty. Yet in other translations, it means brightness, shining, prominent, projection, and fullness. So apparently, you know, and I, I went to the scripture for that, and it's really short, hardly says anything at all. It just says, apparently Zaza was a descendant of Judah, and we know Judah means praise goes before. I'm not used to Marilyn's phone, sorry. It's in First Chronicles 2.33, and it simply states, Jonathan's sons were Peleth and Zaza. These were Jeremiah's descendants. Okay, Lord, what are you saying? <laughs> so I put that out on a text, and um, Deb shared with me, and she said, just some thoughts on what you shared, Naira. The church is one body belonging to all, and all are responsible for one another to love. Fullness in the church arrives when we all take our places like the early church in Acts 2. So I texted back, yes, Deb, I love that. So it really spoke to me because in the season where I am right now, and the Lord's talking to me about building my faith, and in, in our class the other night, one of the things that uh, Chris Vallotton alluded to was um, you can come with a shot glass to with, full of faith, or you can come with a dump truck full of faith. And that really hit my spirit, and I said, Lord, I want the dump truck. I want to come with a dump truck. I want to come and have you, anything that there is, Lord, that you want to do in and of me. So when we're thinking about all the things that we're going through um, in our lives every day, and Dave and Sharon shared, and the Lord's been speaking to me about that, about transforming daily, dying to ourselves, basically. So the Lord said to me, arise. Not only physically arise in the morning, and, and give your morning to him and speak to him, but arise in him as a new person every morning and, and, and die to self. And he says, stand, and stand again. Well, what does that mean? We can stand in and amongst ourselves, or we can stand on his word. As Deb says, the Lord said it, that settles it. We can stand in him, and he has all that we need. So... And when the song was talking about falling, we can fall in him because it's a soft place to fall. So I'd like to encourage all of you for all the things that are happening and whatever it is you're going through, the Lord's right there with you. And just invite him in. He's the Lion of Judah that patrols our camp. We just need to invite him in and strategize with him and, and sit at his knees because he has all that we all that we need. And one of the words he was speaking to me was, Abundanza. And I'm like, okay, Lord, abundanza. It means abundance. So why is it, you can't just say abundance. Why is it abundanza? And again, he speaks to me in other languages. And with zaza meaning plenty, he has that abundance for us. That's what he wants. He wants us to reside in that. He wants us to live in that. And a lot of times you said everything comes and gets in the way. And the enemy comes and tries to steal that away from us. So we take authority over those things we can take authority over, and we see in part, but we rely on him because he's the one that brings it for us.
So thank you, Lord. Anybody else? Oh, I'm uh, so sorry. Yeah, that's right. Does anybody else have a prophetic word? Part of the ministry team come up? I forgot about that part. I just want to share something just, just from my heart because it's family. When, when I came to church this morning, I just felt punk. I don't know how else to say that. You know, when you just feel like, I mean, if pastor hadn't sent me a text that said, communion, decorate, please, I probably would have just figured out a way to stay home. Do you know what I mean? When you just have that uh, kind of thing and you don't feel like you're walking with it. Well, it's gone now. Okay, so, so I, yeah, so I looked at the clock and went, no, 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 I made a commitment, I'm out the door. Didn't get my hair done the way I wanted. No jewelry, can you believe that? I mean, and just threw stuff in the car and went, God, you're gonna whip it all together. The whole way in, I'm doing declarations to get out of the flesh and into the spirit and knock down like a, like a bowling ball. I want to strike. You hearing me? All of you down, just one full swoop. So then I pull into the parking lot and I have, you know, I have all this stuff to bring in and, and I'm looking at my clock going, ay, 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 ay. So there's Sharon and Dave getting out of their car. And I said, whoa, you know, free for the picking, right? <laughs> so I pull alongside and said, hey, can I just borrow you guys to help me empty the car out? And what's the first thing that comes out of Sharon's mouth? Do you even remember how you blessed me? You said, oh, Marilyn, your hair is so cute. And I went, oh, Lord, aren't you just a little cutie pie? You know, in, in my culture, in the Greek culture, just can I grab you for a second? You know, we just do this all the time. You know, a little, ooh, isn't he cute, cute, cute? And I thought, I did that to Jesus in the car, you know, cute hair. Okay. And then these guys are just carrying all this stuff in. And I, and I walked in here, and I'm like, okay, out of the flesh, because this place does not look cute. And I'm not going to look at my clock. And then it's like, okay, Isabella here's your table stuff, do something with it. Didn't she do a great job, you know? And people just walking through, and I'm handing them stuff, Naira shows up, and I'm getting ready to put a scarf there. Oh, nope, she grabs it somehow, it ends up over here, and it's beautiful, and it's just, it's all of that. And all I want to say is, sometimes we look at people and we think, well, they're so deep in the Lord. They just must wake up in tongues, go to bed in tongues, have already read three chapters, and say, glory, glory, glory. And I just want to say, that wasn't where I was this morning at all. And yet, through all of that, the faithfulness of God to say, I get it, Marilyn. Last night, I didn't, I didn't like what went on in your house last night either. But I was with you. I stuck it out too. And I'm working on him. I'm working on him. But right now, I'm working on you. So don't think for me. Oh, and the whole point of the thing was, so through all of that, Naira and I are putting this piece together down here, and she says, Marilyn, I fell this morning. My arm is frozen. I can't hardly lift it. You know, and, you know, I didn't feel like praying. You know, I'm in the flesh kind of still murmuring, me and Miriam in the back corner. 
All of a sudden, the Spirit of God hit me. I put my hand on his shoulder. I prayed up a storm, and that girl is going down. Now, look at our size. Come on, I'm not a good catcher for that one. You know what I mean? And this is a hard floor, and I'm still praying, and I got materials in my hand, and she's timber. Kept praying, 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 and all of a sudden, for as fast as it came, it was done. And she went, glory to God, look at I'm healed. I am healed, I'm healed. That is not about me. That is about allowing him, even when I felt punk and flesh, to be used. So when you feel punk and you feel like flesh and you feel like, well, if only I was as spiritual as that little one over there or jumped up in the front row or whatever, that hasn't got a thing to do with it. It's just knowing who you are and saying, Lord, I humble myself. That's good. Yeah, get up here. Get up here, Vonnie. Come on. I want to participate in the defeat of the enemy by giving my testimony. <laughs> so when I first came here, it was like the third week of Legacy City starting, and I heard things like um, your identity in Christ and everything, and, I, and that was really hard for me. It's still hard for me to process, truth be told, because I'm thinking I'm not a worm. I'm not a sinner. You know, all the negative things, and we're calling forth the, the positive identity in Christ. So I was really overwhelmed by... The prophecy and stuff and all the spiritual and I decided I'm not going to let I'm not going to be overcome by Satan I'm going to overcome him by giving my testimony and that's what I started doing and then I went into a season of um, having dreams about the basement and and the foundation of my thinking and beliefs and stuff and God began working there and that was a more uncomfortable season um, and it's kind of come to a head this week. I, I, I got a sucker punch in the gut, put me down on all fours, and the monsters came out, you know, of um, abandonment and neglect and, and uh, betrayal and things like that. And so for about four or five days, I was, I was down. But what happened was, um, this, doesn't scripture say when the enemy comes in like a flood, the Lord raises a standard against him? What happened was the response from... Uh, my very close friends and my family here was like immediate and swift. And poor Marilyn, <laughs> she called me. She called me on the second day, and um, I heard that you know you had a and something happened. I said, yeah, I don't want to talk about it. She goes, well, we don't have to talk about that. We can just talk. And she chatter, 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 and I'm silent. And if, when I don't respond, she just goes to the next subject, chatter, 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 and every once in a while I chimed in. But what happened was I began an inner giggle, you know. <laughs> it's like, um, but anyway, I just want to give testimony. I want to defeat the enemy. You know, um, he's a liar, and God's on my side, and he's a good father. It's really important for our hearts to be with our body. Because, but for Vani, there go I. But for Sharon, what's happening in your family, there go I. And so we need to stand together with arms locked and in love. And love is the key word. And, and to stand together. Yeah. Thank you. Anybody else? Get up here. <laughs> Come on, get up here. Samantha. Hi, everybody. 
Hi, so I was here about six months ago, and the months went by, the months went by, and during the time, I was, I had a lot of bitterness in my heart. I had a lot of bitterness towards other people, different things, and I read, I was like, God, I have to get rid of this. I said, I don't want it. I said, this is not of you. I don't want this in my spirit. I don't want any of it. And so I looked on my phone for uh, devotions, different things that will help my spirit lift. And even as believers, we have bitterness and, and hardness towards other people, different things. Um, being swayed from Jesus, um, we can be distracted, and Jesus isn't even on our minds. And um, could take a minute, and he's gone, you know. And then next thing, we have to just grab him and say, come back, you know, when he's there. But I read this, this verse, and it was uh, in the devotion in my Bible app. And it was, we are responsible for our bitterness, our selfishness, everything that's in our spirit. We are responsible for that. And that Jesus is that firm foundation that helps us get back on it and say, I'm no longer going to be better. I'm no longer going to have this thought towards that person because every time this person's name would come up, I would get so bitter and just disgusted. And she did nothing towards me that I should not be that way. And God really healed my heart towards her, really healed it. And this is my testimony that the devil will not have his day. He will not have his day. And I am so thankful because I, I, when the bitterness went away and I knew I was coming here, I said, I have to share because this was like a month ago because God's glory will always reign in our lives. And I am so thankful that the bitterness went and that's what I want to share because I'm so thankful. And so thankful I read that and things became real to me that I'm like, oh my goodness, I'm experiencing this right now. And God, take this from me, you know, take this from me. And so I'm, anyway, I'm just so thankful that I read through that, through the scripture and that feeding on it, feeding on his word um, from the devotion um, that was given to me. And it hit me hard. I mean, so hard of the things that were in there. And I said, I couldn't believe it was being applied to me. So I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful for the cross because without that, there are things that, even if we are believers, it will still hit us. And thank you, Jesus, that it's gone. So, some good stuff this morning. Who's next? Anybody? Testimony? Testimony? Come on. Got something? Possible? Do you need to get up here and look at everybody? I think there's a hunger in the room for a prophetic word. So uh, watch out because she's coming with her, her guns loaded. But you got to come away from the speaker. Just don't go by the speaker. Just... Okay. All right. Well, some of it was through this week. Um, just for some reason, the, the story of... Um, Abraham and Isaac and how Abraham had to take Isaac up to the mountain and put him um, put him on the altar and recently our family has gone through some things and there were things that I was holding on to that were my Isaac and I wasn't going to let it go and I was in my own flesh trying to figure out how can we manage this? How can we keep this going? How can we, you know, if I do this, if I do that? And 
I wasn't really willing to even let my mind go to just letting it go. You know, this might not be a possibility. This might not be a season for things that were important to me. And the minute that, that, that story came to me, and the minute I shifted my thought to, well, if I have to let it go, then I have to let it go. Almost the next, it was literally like the next day, doors started opening. I just had to get to a, a point in my life that I was willing to lay it down and let it go. And when I was willing to let it go, that's when the miracle and the blessing arrived. Just like when he was willing to put Isaac on the altar, the Lord blessed him with the ram. And I feel like for some people, possibly, that there's an Isaac and God's just wanting you to just not necessarily drag your Isaac up the mountain and build your altar and get ready to just slay it. Sometimes it's just this shift in, a mind, in, in your thoughts of, if God asks me to let this go, can I let it go? Because he's waiting to provide you with something in the <laughs> that will ultimately give you a blessing and open it up for a miracle to happen in your life. So that's just kind of what, and that's just been coming back to me for the last week is maybe your Isaac is your child. Maybe your Isaac is a financial situation. Maybe your Isaac is, you know, a material possession. Maybe it's, you know, whatever it is, maybe he's just asking you to get to a point where you're willing to lay it down and let it go so he can bless you with something even better. Thank you, Marissa, for sharing that. <clears throat> I, I've been told that I'm ambidextrous. Is that the word? To, is that the right one? We talked about that Friday night. Um, and the prophetic word that someone gave me regarding that was that they saw me at a table grabbing just everything I could get my hands on and just feasting. And so when you guys are all sharing, I just start grabbing stuff. And I'm like, oh, my gosh, I could preach on every single one of these things because I just rabbit trail city. So, but I'm going to come against that because he's given me a spirit of peace. Um, but as you're talking about the heart and holding on to things, you know, they say that your heart is, this, this is how big your heart is. Make a fist. Kids, if you've never seen that before, if you make a fist, they say that is the size of your heart. I don't know if that's, is that true? Anybody verify that? Yeah. So when you hold on to stuff, you're keeping it in your heart. And God does have an a exchange. You know, one of the main keys, tools in inner healing is opening up your heart and trading the lie. Because usually the things that are causing us hopelessness, causing us stress, causing us grief, are lies that we're believing. So when you said lining your thoughts up, it was the key that you felt that that's really what it was. It's not about necessarily taking the the thing and slaying it, it's actually just agreeing with heaven. When we take the thing that we're holding on to that we know this is the source, this root right here is what's causing my hopelessness, my, my grumpiness, whatever it is. 
So I take it to him. I take it to the altar. I take it to the throne room of grace. And I open up my hand and I say, okay, Jesus, this is what I keep feeling like I want to hold on to. What do you want me to do with it? How did it get there? Ask questions. He wants to talk to you. He really does want to talk to you. How did it get there? What lies am I believing? What will you give me in exchange? And then make that trade with him. I can't promise that that is going to be the cure right then and there, but I can guarantee you that that tool will take you miles in getting freedom because repentance is just going back to the pinnacle. It's turning around from going our own way of thinking and, and lining our thoughts up with him. Yes, repentance can be sorrow and tears as well, but it's not the tears that equals repentance. It's the change of heart, the change of mind, the exchange between you and him. And you know, I had this picture this week. Um, I was actually reading through John, somewhere in John, where Jesus is washing the disciples' feet. And Jesus, you know, we all know this story. Jesus goes around, he puts his clothing around his waist, and he starts to wash the disciples' feet. And they're like freaking out. They're like, why is the one who heals the sick and raises the dead, who we believe is the source of eternal life, the bread of life, why is he doing this? And Peter's like, I don't want you to wash my feet. You know, why would you do that? If, and he's like, if I don't wash your feet, you don't have any part in me. And he's like, well, in that case, then wash me from head to toe. And he's like, someone who's had a bath, there's the key. Somebody who's had a bath. If you are in Christ, you have had a bath. You are declared by God in Christ, you are clean. But on the journey, I'm thinking of the paper towel roll again. On the, on the timeline, see, when you turn the timeline this way, and God sees Christ and the cross, he sees the beginning of the earth and the end, the end of the earth, he sees everything lined up through what Jesus did. So when he sees your life, you are clean if you're in him, if you have crossed into the sight, the sight of God. I don't know, that's kind of weird. So, but when you turn it sideways, we are on a journey. We are progressing towards seeing Jesus face to face someday. And on the journey, we need our feet washed. Jesus wants to brush us off. He wants to let us know, you are clean because of the word I've spoken to you. But you need your feet washed on occasion. It doesn't change who you are. When you got some dirt on you, it doesn't change who you are. When you're holding on to something inside of your heart that he wants you to let go of, like Samantha was sharing, you step up on that foundation of Christ and his righteousness and what he says about you, and then you just begin to exchange. He is not impatient. He is patient and he's kind. He does not treat us as our sins deserve. If you are in Christ, there is no condemnation. Okay, no, we're good. Do you want to take over? Um, no. Okay. No. <laughs> so, speaking of having moments, that what you were saying, what Jesus was talking to you, Marilyn, about, you know, he's working on him. Well, he, that's what he tells Tammy all the time, too. Is he's working on, I'm working on him. 
you know, um, just a couple of things. These are the rabbit trails. I'm going to try to uh, maybe not look at all of them, but you know, one of my, my political guys that I like to listen to has a, a quote, facts don't care about your feelings. Now, that's a little harsh. You know, he's a Hebrew, a uh, practicing Jew, Orthodox Jew, and he's kind of, you know, like that. He's a little pharisaical. But the, the statement, the facts don't care about your feelings, in reality, the stuff that we feel, the emotions that we're going through, the funk that we feel that, like we get in, the facts don't really care about that. God cares about it, but the facts are the facts. What he says about you is what is true. It's truer than the, the lower truth that you're walking in right now. There is a higher truth. Our, our feelings will line up with the facts as we begin to declare it over ourselves. Our church is on a journey of learning about declarations, the power of your words, the, that life and death is, the power of life and death is in the tongue. So it's important about what we speak. Some of us, as Chris Vallotton said in our prophetic training, um, I think it's when we heard that, or I heard it somewhere, some of us are talking ourselves to death. We've all been around people who just need to put their hand over their mouth and stop talking. It doesn't mean that it's not real what you're going through. We all do it. Ask Tammy. <laughs> She's my first phone call in the morning, and I, I just kind of, you know. She shouldn't come with the dump truck. She should come to that conversation with not even a shot glass. She's just... <laughs> you know, and I, often I apologize. I tell her, I'm sorry for, you know, getting all negative. And then I try to change the, the topic a little bit. So. so a testimony I'd like to share real brief, briefly. Man, we are just not going to get into any of that today. We'll figure out which part. We're going to grab on a one little nugget, though, one little gem. It's going to be good. Um, you know, some people like to be funny and call him Jehovah Sneaky. He's, you know, he's Jehovah Jireh. He's Jehovah Shalom. He is Jehovah Sneaky. He surprises us sometimes. Um, we were shopping at Macy's the other day, and uh, I wasn't feeling anything. Tammy and Isabel were in a different part of the mall. I was doing a return. I shared this with our prophetic training group. Um, I was doing a return at the counter, and there was this tall African-American woman who was very pregnant standing at the other side with a, a return she was making as well. And I took one look at her, and I looked at her belly, and the Holy Spirit really hit me hard. Like, I could feel... I'll back up. I wasn't feeling anything, and I was not prayed up. I wasn't studied up. I, I didn't do anything to earn God's good grace to step into a prophetic moment. All that happened was he showed up when I made eye contact with somebody. When I just happened to look, and I looked at the, the belly, and I felt the weight of God's presence. I didn't know what to do with it. I'm sharing this with you guys because this can happen to any one of us at any time, and we should all be expectant and ready for him to use you to speak something that will bring life to somebody. I'm not a full-time pastor. I'm a mailman, if you didn't know that. So I'm just like everybody else here. I work a full-time job just like you, sweating in the sun all day long. So I don't study the Word all day long, but I am 
in a relationship with Jesus. I do, I do hunger and I thirst for him. I thirst for his presence. I, I want more of him. I want him to so invade my life that this kind of stuff happens more and more frequently. So I walked away from the register, and I'm like, okay, that's just weird that I'm feeling this. And then I got down the pathway, and then I turned around and looked, and it happened again, and I was distance away. I felt the weight again. And I was like, so I texted Tammy, and then I'm like, what is it, God? Is there is something about this baby? I just felt like there was a word she needed to know. I don't know how I knew that. I just had a, a feeling, a sense that it was about the baby, and so I began to ask the Lord, is is it a boy? Yeah. Is it a boy? Is there something about this little guy? And I felt like he said, this is a little girl. This is a little lady in there. And she is going to be a, a powerful, I don't even remember the exact words, but she is going to be a powerfully anointed little girl, little woman who is going to hear the voice of God so clearly. And she's going to be so full of fire in his presence and power that she will bring life and speak destiny to people. Something like that is what I was sensing. So I'm like, okay, so how do I bridge over to this person? How do I bring in this conversation without looking like a stalker? You know, kind of. So I looked down, I thought, well, I could walk back down there and other people at the register might hear it. I don't care, I'm, I've kind of gotten over fear in that way. You know, faith is spelled R-I-S-K, just so you know, it's a side note. Take a step of faith, a risk. So I decided to wait and just look at my phone, and I waited until I saw her coming back down the path. If she was going to go the other way, I was actually going to go follow her and kind of just do a quick walk and catch up and say, excuse me. You know, I, I don't know. I don't look too shady, I guess. So I, I mean, last time I looked in the mirror, I thought, you know, I don't look like a, a freak or a creep or something. So yeah, you know, if I was like unshaven and really gross looking, I probably would have been like, God, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> So she started walking towards me, and I caught her attention. I was like, excuse me, can I tell you something? And she was like, yeah. And I, this is probably way off what I said, but I'm just, this is kind of how I remember it. I said, when I saw you at the register, I really felt the presence of God fall on me really heavy. And she smiled really big when I said that. So I was like, yes, this is, okay, first base. <laughs> And I asked her, I said, I feel like it's for you and this child that you're going to have. I asked her, is this a little girl? And she really smiled. And she's like, it, it, she, it is. It's going to be a girl. Second base. <laughs> I'm like, okay, God. And then I went ahead and I told her. I said, when I, when I saw you, I really felt the presence of God. I felt like it was for your baby. And I felt like he said, this is a little girl. And she's going to be a very strongly anointed prophetic voice, a little prophetess. So at the end of that, I didn't pray for her. I didn't go too far with adding anything. That's part of what we've learned in our class. We don't need to try to over-evaluate what God is doing. Just drop, drop the kernel, of the, the corn kernel, into the soil, poke it in, cover it up, walk away. But she was so excited. She was like, I can't wait to get home. I just want to get home. She's like, she wanted to talk about it, I guess, with somebody, maybe her husband. So probably. I'm guessing yes. I just share that because that doesn't happen to me all the time. 
I didn't, like I said, I didn't have a super anointed, powerful day. I think I worked all day that day. I was probably tired, but we went out to do some shopping anyway. Yeah. Hmm. Let me just take a look at the notes here real quick. You know, we're going to save the stuff that I had planned. I had pulled, I had extracted a couple minutes of what Teresa uh, Farley had, the, the message she gave us on Father's Day, if you weren't here. If you weren't here on Father's Day, if you were out of state, like Samantha, and um, you know, if, if you want to hear what Teresa spoke to this church, Go back and listen. It's on podcast. It's on SoundCloud. If you have a, a way to listen to messages, it's there. So I took a clip of that. We'll, we'll go over that next week. I really feel like we need to go there. Um, and what we're going to do, I'll just finish kind of some of the things that was happening this morning and uh, cover our little book stash that we got over the two. You know, I just believe that our church should be non-fussy, as you can tell. You know, we don't have to stick tr- to traditional churchianity. We don't have to <laughs> cut the worship off right at 20 minutes, or when do people usually cut it off in some churches? 25 minutes. And the pastor's usually looking at his watch and pointing to it, saying, I got a 50-minute sermon that I've spent all week preparing. Get out of the way. <laughs> Holy Spirit's like, if you would just get out of the way. <clears throat> I know, that's kind of mean. I shouldn't say stuff like that, but okay, I should say stuff like that. So facts don't care about your feelings. God does, but the facts are the facts. He's Jehovah Sneaky. He will surprise you when you're least feeling the anointing, and then he'll just fall on you, and you're like, what is going on? Um, When we worship, this is a little quote I'll throw out there for free. When we worship, we silence fear and declare who our Father really is. When we worship, we are establishing praise and it silences the enemy. The enemy just can't talk. He's like, you're speaking the truth of God. I I bind your mouth, devil, with the truth. And the truth can be sung, it could be spoken, it could be read right out of the scripture. Jesus did not think his way out of temptation. He didn't think his way out of the wilderness. He spoke to the devil. He declared the word of God to him. So when we worship, which makes it even more fun, we get to silence the enemy, and we get to declare who our dad really is. And we were singing, you know, we love your name. Jesus, what a beautiful name. You know, every knee will bow, and every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord of all. We will cast an actual crown at his feet one day. When we see him face to face, we will lay our crowns at the feet of Jesus, and I'm guessing he's gonna pick them up and put them right back on your head and say, you are my son and my daughter. Well, actually, Jesus will say, you are my brother and my sister, and I won you to my father. If that freaks you out, there's a scripture that says, Jesus is not ashamed to call you brother and sister. It's in Hebrews chapter two, I believe but it's his name. There's power in his name. It's the one name that we live for. I've laid my life down at the feet of Jesus. 
I'm just like everyone else in this room. I don't have any unique calling that's different than anybody else. We are all called to come into a relationship with him. We are all called to be walking in this identity that he paid a price for, this, this identity of being kings and priests, sons and daughters, saints, not sinners. He calls us so many things that we might not feel like we are, but he is the God who calls into existence the things that are not as though they are. He's the one that spoke into nothing and created everything we see. So why not, when he speaks the truth over us, would it not change us and transform us as we partner with the truth, as we say yes and amen to what he says, and it changes us and transforms us? You know, there's a little slide that we have in the morning that, that wrote a bunch of slides that rotate, and one of them says that transformation does not come by trying harder. It comes by thinking differently. So we need to be on that pursuit of, of transformation, being transformed the way we think. The battle is between our ears. As Bill Johnson says, the only closed heaven people experience that are believers is between your ears. You have an open heaven. You have everything you need for life and godliness. Whoa, what did I just do? Every knee will bow. We crown him with every crown. We cast the crowns down. He picks them up and places them right back on us. So, we are going to end with some declarations this morning. You didn't close up the presentation, did you? So, no, yeah. She's just looking at me. It's the same look that she had when she was a newborn baby and I was pushing her in that little plastic cart thing after I think I was taking her down so they can give her a bath or something. And, you know, when she was inside of Tammy, we were doing youth ministry and I would speak to her on the microphone a lot and she would kick. And uh, so when I, yeah, she knew my voice really, really well. She could hear it through the, through the skin and so when I said, hi, Isabel, as I'm rolling her down, that sounded kind of creepy, hi, Isabel. I was like, my daddy heart was overflowing with, with joy that I could not ever describe because when you have a child, you're like, this is, <laughs> this is my baby. But I was, I was like, hi, Isabel. Hi, Belle. <laughs> and she did that. Her eyes looked popped open and looked at me. So anyway, we're going to make some declarations in a second here, but before I have you stand, we want to make sure that this church has everything we need for equipping ourselves for the day-to-day combat. So we're forming what I would kind of quote-unquote call a bookstore. Um, Basically, we're purchasing some stacks of books, and this this is the way we want to do this, just so there's no confusion. Okay, we do have prices on the books, but it's more important to us that you get a book that you will read that will equip you to have a, a victorious mindset and rule and reign in life in Christ Jesus. So we want to equip you, and if it's a book that you need, but you can't afford the 12 bucks or 13 bucks, then we want you to take it. We're not, we don't have a list of every book and a code number and then who paid for it and who didn't pay for it, and now i got to go chase them down and say, when are you going to pay for that book? That's not how we want to do this. We trust everyone here 
Now, as new people come in, you know, we want to make sure we don't just, like, hand out books. You know, if you see someone that needs it, you can buy it for them if you want or whatever. You know, just use your own discernment. But we'll have books. So we have the book by Steve Backlund called Declarations, which we will read some declarations together to close this meeting. We also have a Danny Silk's book called uh, The Culture of Honor. Powerful, powerful book. It is a key book in... Bye, guys. So glad you were here. I wish we could hang out. We're going to hang out, though. All right. Bless you guys. Thanks for bringing us donuts. Again. Like I need them. So, books. And then I will be having some uh, books by Bill Johnson, uh, When Heaven Invades Earth. Another very key book. If you like to read, they will be up there. And if you want to buy one, you just pop the money in the little box there, the little offering box. It's locked. It's safe to put it in there. You don't have to say, I bought a book, I put the money in. Just put your money in, grab a book. If you can't afford it, just grab a book and pretend you put money in because you know how you feel. And like, Does anyone watching me get a free book? No, you don't have to do that unless it really bothers you. Otherwise, we want to equip each other. And I got to say that our Friday night uh, basic prophetic training is so fun. And I don't want to rub that in for those of you who were like, not quite ready for it. We're going to do it again later. But this is more than just a training time. This is like we're all interacting and talking about experiences we've had and places we're at in life. We get to pray for each other and encourage one another. And we're getting some really good tools. It's fun. And Chris Ballatin is like super hilarious. That's, he makes me laugh a lot. Praying for families. I love that because, yes, there's so much happening so I'm just going to officially, uh, officially, did I say unofficially? Oh, did I say the wrong word? Now I'm you're like, good. what did I say? Officially invite everyone to pray for families over these next 30 days. 30 days. Yeah. So just remember each other in prayer these next 30 days. Just, you know, lift each other up and... Yeah, yeah. just pray in the spirit if you can't think of anything in specific, even if you can, yeah. And you know, I, I can look around the room. Every one of us are in different places, and every person in this room, unless, if, if I'm wrong, you could raise your hand and be like, not me, dude. But every one of us are going through different trials. Yeah. All of us. No one in this room is like in happy land and there's just no shaking you. So we are all in good company. Now you can raise your hand and be like, you're wrong, dude. That's okay. I'll, I'll repent. Yeah, you'll pray for us. So if you are walking in victorious breakthrough 24-7, then get up to the front here and we are going to line up in front of you. <laughs> you will be the fire tunnel and we will pass by your shadow. So, Okay, why don't you stand up, guys? So we're going to do what we tried to do last week. We had 10 declarations that, because I animated the slides, it was totally hard for Isabel to try to get it to pop up the right way, and then we got some of it cut off. So this is from Steve Backlund's book called Releasing the Super... Well, no, the book is called Declarations, but the, the section is Releasing 
the supernatural. Do you guys know that you carry the presence of the Holy Spirit within you? Okay. Everywhere you go, you spread the fragrance of Christ. Out of your innermost being, Jesus said, rivers of living water flow out of you. Even Peter's shadow healed a sick person when he walked by them. You have no idea what is coming off of you. When you, as a believer in Jesus, filled with his spirit, what you release into the environment around you. You aren't, I'm preaching, but I guess that's okay, because you're all looking at me and smiling. You are not a thermometer that is only affected by the temperature of the room. Well, it's cold here, now I'm cold. Well, it's hot here, now I'm hot. No, you are a thermostat. You carry the very presence of heaven inside of you, and you release heaven into the atmosphere. Therefore, you are a thermostat, and you get to control the environment. I shouldn't say control. You get to affect. Is it effect or affect? Affect. You get to affect and, and effect. <laughs> Whatever. You get to affect, affect the... I'm getting infected here. <laughs> you guys will have to pray for me after this. So you get to have an effect on the atmosphere around you. <laughs> I can't say that word without laughing now. I know half of you are like, I know, I'm not remembering what's the right one either. So you get to affect the atmosphere. You release the presence of heaven everywhere you go. Therefore, when we read these declarations, these are truths that you can declare over yourself. There is power and release in the declaration. So you ready, Isabel? And we'll try to do this together. Ready? One, two, three. I am clothed with Christ, therefore I release his presence everywhere I go. I am so baptized in the Holy Spirit that I naturally spill over to those around me. My words impart grace to those who hear me. Angels get really excited when I show up because they get put to work. I have the mind of Christ, and I use it. Oh, sorry, I thought it was the same slide. <laughs> when I speak to non-believers, they are overcome by a sudden urge to get saved. It is impossible for me to pray and have nothing happen. I release the supernatural naturally and effortlessly. I think and speak prophetically. My touch releases the healing grace of Jesus. Right on. Now, there are two lies of the enemy that we're going to break off. So we can read them together, but as we read them, we're not declaring this as truth. We're actually declaring a lie. Feel free to laugh at it. Feel free to wrestle with it. Feel free to throw it on the ground and stomp on it and say, Jesus, you are true, and this is a lie. Whatever you want to do. So you ready, Isabel? Our only super-anointed people release the supernatural, not common Christians. That is a lie. It is a lie. Every believer has the spirit of the living God living inside of them. You carry resurrection life in you, and he wants to shake you like a salt shaker and get the presence, release the kingdom, let Jesus, the fragrance of Jesus, be manifested through your life. The second one. You guys ready for the second lie? I have to spend many hours with God 
Read the word constantly and work really hard to release God's presence. That is not in the Bible. There is nowhere in Scripture that says how much time. In fact, the new church, the early church, didn't even have the Bible. Yet signs, miracles, and wonders were happening constantly around them. People were getting saved like crazy. They, they did dedicate themselves to fellowship and to the apostles' teachings. So, and they, they were in the temple courts. They were receiving the truth. But they didn't each own their own Bible. They couldn't study so many hours per day and then be like, okay, now I'm qualified to go out and heal the sick. No, Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, therefore go. Just go. Go. (laughs) Go. Make disciples of all nations. Heal the sick. Raise the dead. Cleanse the leper. Freely you have received. Freely you have received. So freely give. That list of of works will not qualify you for the ministry you do not have to go to seminary to be a pastor it is a gift it's not something you can educate yourself into man i'm getting passionate (laughs) okay so now we declared we looked at some lies you can argue with me later if you want i'll give you that book and then you can read it and come back okay i'm going to pray for us i'm going to pray what what paul prayed to the, over the Ephesians. So, Father, we thank you this morning. We thank you that, we thank you, first of all, that we can call you Father. And we thank you that if we really turn our ear towards heaven, we can see the smile of face, <laughs> the smile of face. We can see the smile on your face and hear your voice saying, I love you, my son. I love you, my daughter. You mean the world to me so much that I would send Jesus to rescue you. So as Paul prayed, I pray that the Father of glory, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, would impart to you the riches of the spirit of wisdom and the spirit of revelation to know him through your deepening intimacy with him. I pray that the light of God will illuminate your imagination, flooding you with light, until you experience the full revelation of the hope of his calling. That is, the wealth of God's glorious inheritances that he finds in us, his holy ones. I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of the immense power of this immense power as it works through you. This is the mighty power that was released when God raised Christ from the dead and exalted him to the highest place, to the place of highest honor and supreme authority in the heavenly realm. Jesus, we worship you. We exalt your name, the name above all names, the name by which no one on earth can be saved without We declare your name, King Jesus, over our lives, over our hearts, over our our future and our past and our present. We live for you, our King, and we want to give you all the glory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So it's party time. If you want to come up for prayer, there's going to be a group of people up here for prayer, healing. You just want to get blasted in the Holy Spirit. 
since we are all leaking the realm of the kingdom, the realm of the Holy Spirit, come and get filled. Amen.